Danger, you are entering the judgment-free zone. Some interesting news on the transgender front, and we are continuing our discussion of scriptural and doctrinal love. Keep it locked and loaded right here with Bread Breakers and this podcast, because we're getting started right now. Hey guys, and welcome to another exciting episode of Your Life, God's Word. Thanks for joining this time of relevant conversation and scriptural application, where we apply God's Word to the most important areas of life, God, family, and community. We pray this broadcast inspires, encourages, challenges, and blesses you in every way. So without further ado, let's dive right in to this week's episode. Well, I've got some exciting news, at least exciting to, uh, well, I know it's at least exciting to me, and hopefully it's exciting to uh, a lot of you, a lot of the folks in Breadbreakers and the folks who are listening to this podcast and connected with Breadbreakers. We are going to be doing a massive overhaul and redo of our website, breadbreakers.com. We're going to be um, updating it, getting some new a uh, new look and feel. It's going to be a little more user-friendly, have a lot more, I think, cool stuff. So watch for that in the coming weeks. We are working on it steadily and, um, yeah, plan to launch it just as soon as we can. But we like to do things with excellence as much as we possibly can. And so we will not sacrifice quality for speed if we can avoid it, which we can. So follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us. And of course, the new website coming soon. You can still go to webbreakers.com and check us out, but it's going to look really cool very soon. Anyway, just wanted to dive into a little bit of this uh, continued discussion on love, and I hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day. So now we are going to get into a little bit more depth into uh, this doctrine of love. Anything I say here, remember it was prefaced with last week's discussion on how important love is, that it's doctrine, possibly the most important doctrine that we as human beings can really get a hold of, although I'm not going to put a stake in the ground on the absolute most important doctrine. However, it is definitely extremely important, and it needs to be real love, sacrificial love, giving love, the kind of love that Jesus showed. Go watch—well, I guess you can't watch it, can you? Go listen to the broadcast from last week to uh, to get caught up. Now, for this week, I want to talk a little bit about something. Uh, in the intro, I said something about the judgment-free zone. Well, it's interesting, our culture, right? There's a, there's a massive— kind of move and push, and has been for a very long time, you know, political correctness and all that nonsense, um, that we're not supposed to judge. You're not supposed to judge. You're not supposed to judge. Don't judge. Now, I was looking up some, you know, just going through and researching, looking up some quotes on, on judging and, you know, some of the things that people say or whatnot. And some of these I very much agree with, and some of them are absolute nonsense, although they sound poetic. So, 
you know, people probably adhere to them. Um, When someone judges you, it isn't actually about you. It's about them and their own insecurities, limitations, and needs. When somebody judges you, it's not about you. It's about... Check this out now. It's about... And now I'm going to judge them. It's about their insecurities, limitations, and needs. Think about that quote. Now, I get it, right? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to balance this out with talking about being judgmental, walking around with a judgmental, sanctimonious air about you, uh, religious... You know, Jesus was very much against self-righteousness. But at the same time, to, to say something that literally, you're basically saying you're not supposed to judge others, and then I'm now going to judge people that judge others. What? what? You just you literally contradicted yourself with, with a period on either side. When someone judges you, it isn't actually about you. It's about them and their own insecurities, limitations, and needs. You literally just judged why those people judged. So, much of my theme today is going to be about how we make judgments all the time. All the time. Every day, you make probably dozens of judgments. Not just a judgment like, I like 2% over 1% milk, but also judgments about people. Yes, we, we, we make them all the time. Here's another one. Never judge someone by the opinion of others. Now, see, I agree with that. Uh, somebody's opinion about someone else, now you retain that opinion? That's not very wise. Now, if the person, te- if all you have to go on is this person telling you and you know they're wise, you know they're a loving person, they're walking in Christian and godly character, and they say, you know, that, that person is... You know they're 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 struggling. They're dangerous. They're 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 not willing to give up their sin. They're, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you can't investigate yourself or you know take, but but I mean, in that situation, right? That person's opinion is not just any old opinion. You know what I mean? I mean, so let let's say we're in a hospital. Let let's apply this to a hospital. Okay, we go into the hospital. And the doctor says, that person in that room, yeah, they've got really bad cancer, and um, I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to make it. Now they made a judgment about that person. Are, are we not? Don't take, never judge by the opinion of others. So when you walk in that room, you, I mean, the doctor has no idea what he's talking about. Let me go in here and check it out. Huh? What? Right? Now, now if the person who's, you know over there working on teeth and knows nothing about oncology and nothing about cancer, nothing about, I mean, maybe they know a lot about teeth and gums, but they know nothing about cancer. And so maybe their opinion isn't worth all that much. But see, again, these are, many of these quotes, they're only good in a very narrow specific um, subset of judgment. And that's mostly the kind of judgment when you're when you're walking around judgmental like just straight and, and when i say judgmental i mean 
not making just kind of normal, ordinary judgments about things or whatever, discerning things, but but no, you, you are just an extremely judgmental, sanctimonious, like hard person. Um, judging a person does not define who they are. It defines who you are. Does that, I mean, does that even make any sense? Now think about that again, right? In a certain context, we have a jury trial and a judge judges the situation they render judgment based on the facts and circumstances. I mean, it's an anonymous. There's videotape. This person is clearly a murderer, and the, and the judgment is rendered. You are a murderer. You're going to prison. That doesn't define who they are. It defines who you are. What? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But we have to be careful, right? We're, we're, a, um, we're a platitude-enriched culture. You know, the YouTube, I love YouTube. I love YouTube. I mean, you get on there, you can find everything from fixing a floor to doing something in the, with, with, with the engine in a car to, uh, you know, beating a video game, cooking something. I mean, philosophy, uh, philosophy, theology. There's all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, tech. W- what's the latest rating on a, on a movie? So please understand, I'm not against YouTube, but it's it can also be a trash heap of nonsense. Uh, so we have to be, you know, very careful. But our culture, you know, loves the the one minute little blurb. The, 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 you know, again, these these kinds of quotes that I've heard people say these things, they they tend to reflect the lack of reflection that people have. I mean, these are self. Some of these are absolute self defeating concepts. I mean, uh, anyway, so we, what we have to do is we, 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 according to the scriptures, we need to understand what judgment is and how to properly judge, how to properly judge a situation. So what, what we should do we need to judge, I would say, rightly, righteously. There is a, um, there's a, there's a very popular sort of saying, concept, amongst the, the church, especially the Western church, that, that says, uh, hate sin and love the sinner, right? Hate sin but love the sinner. Love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, something of that nature. And I think a lot of times what, what happens with this is we we end up so much on the love the sinner that we don't we don't want to recognize that there is any sin. We don't want to talk about sin. We we certainly don't want to judge whether something is a sin. And so what happens? There's lots of sin inside the church. There's lots of sin that goes unrecognized outside the church because the folks who should know and should point it out don't because we're not supposed to judge. We're supposed to love. Well, the opposite of love is not judge, and the opposite of judge is not love. You can absolutely be a loving judge. Otherwise, well, I guess God doesn't love because God judges, right? I mean... (laughs) That, that concept doesn't make any sense. The issue is that most of the time it appeals to us personally 
much more with the, oh, don't judge me, because we don't want to be called out, right? Very few people are going to have that kind of heart where somebody calls them out, calls them out for their sin, calls them out for their inconsistency, calls, you know, and goes, wow, you know what? That was insightful. You're, you're right. You're correct on that. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't... I, when you have, um, you know, Second Samuel twelve, where where Nathan calls David out, and he says, "Yeah, you're the guy, you're the guy." Now he he was astute, he was he was tactful, he was wise. He used you know a parable to kind of tug on David's heartstrings. And when David got to the point where he's like, "That's it, we're gonna do something," he said, "No, this is actually about you." And then you know, boom, like this huge moment, uh, it dawns on David. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan is calling me an adulterer and a murderer right now. And his response was, I've sinned against the Lord. You know, that I'm going to say that I think all of us aspire that if that is us, that's the, that's the case. We're, we're, we're in need of being called out. I think all of us hope that we would have that attitude, but very few people, again, are going to, Oh, yeah, man, give me a hug. Thank you so much for pointing that out. I'm so glad you saw that. Wow, praise God. I can see it. I can deal with it. I can get right with with God. Um, And so our culture very much likes the idea of, no, we don't judge. We don't judge. But that is a scriptural idea? Hmm, I wonder. You see, St. Augustine, is it St. Augustine, I believe is how you say it, Um, he, he... he, in, in, in a letter, he wrote something to the effect of, with love for mankind and hatred of sins. And then Gandhi kind of kind of came up with the, you know, hate the sin, not the sinner concept. And, well, I mean, think about that, right? Hate the sin, love the sinner. We have to be very careful that we don't translate that into love the sinner and therefore don't ever call out sin, right? We, 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 um, <laughs> we, <laughs> what, what are we, what are we doing if we, we love someone who is just, just wrapped up, completely destroyed, their life wrecked by sin and uh, we don't call it out. We don't ever say anything. Um, I- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's not loving. So, uh, you know, I-, I don't. I don't think that it's it's necessarily a bad thing to say. Oh, you know, you know, hate the sin but love the sinner, because we are certainly to love. Right? We talked about it last um, last week. But the but the concept needs to really follow along the actual lines of that phrase. We do hate the sin, and we love the sinner, and therefore we must judge. We must do so in a loving way. We and that does not mean walk around judgmental, and we'll we'll talk about not being judgmental. But at the same time. Don't be judgmental is not the same as don't ever don't ever judge anything. Where where a lot of people go and what I would say, I mean, so many people know this scripture if they know none other, right? There's people that don't even know John 3:16, you know, but they do know 
well, probably not where it is, but they know that somewhere in the Bible it, it says don't judge. Right? Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So the whole thing is not about don't ever judge, period. On to the next topic. The whole thing is about don't judge with poor judgment. Don't judge others before you've taken a hard look at yourself, right? These are these are definitely scriptural concepts, but the idea, don't judge me, baby, just show me some love. That that's not that's not really a scriptural concept. The scriptures do not say that. And in fact, you walk through the New Testament. Just walk on through it, let your fingers do the walking, and read up on how Jesus conducted business, and he he was pretty judgmental. Okay, now he was in a loving way, but he he definitely judged. So let's think about that. What does a judge do? What does a judge do? A judge renders a judgment, right? A judgment. So let's let's give an example. Imagine you're at a funeral, and the the minister is going through his his um, his talk. He's talking about this person. You know, they were <clears throat> they were funny. They 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 did this and that. And I remember this time when when this happened. And you know, he's 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 remembering and he's talking and he's connecting with the family and he's trying to console them and and, and show them some love. And then and then he says, and I know, I know they are. Right now, they're in the arms of Jesus. And then he goes to take a breath, and a close family member jumps up and points his finger at the minister and says, You dastardly, evil judge. How dare you judge my brother like that? Can you imagine something like that happening? Yeah, I know they're just looking down on me right now from heaven. And then... What? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. Think about if the minister instead says, yeah, and, you know, I feel like he was a good guy, but I know he's probably burning in hell right now. Now, in that case, I can, you, you and I can both see somebody getting pretty upset with, I mean, understandably so. How could you possibly be so inconsiderate Right? I mean, even if everybody in the room knows that's true, you don't say something like that, right? Come on. But I would, uh, I would, I would suggest just throw it out there that possibly, and those are both, those are both judgments, right? Those are both judgments. You just, one of them you judged good, like on their behalf, like, oh, wow, yeah, they're, you know, just, they're with me always in my heart. I know they're in the arms of Jesus. You know, that's a judgment. You judged them. And uh, most of us are okay with that judgment, but it's still a judgment. Now, again, the other side, when you judge bad, that's when people get all up in arms. Right? We just uh, 
We just had the we just had the Oscars recently, and I didn't watch any of it. Saw clips and stuff because most of it's a bunch of nonsense. Most of it's a bunch of you know people self-aggrandizing themselves and each other, and uh, you know movies that nobody even watched. Are, you know, get best picture and like, oh yeah, best director goes to, and it's like some film you never even heard of, you never barely even heard of the director. You know, it, it's so politicized. It, it can't just be like, man, this movie really grossed a bunch. People absolutely love this movie. That's why it gets best picture. No, 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 no. That's what? What nonsense is that? Best picture goes to what's actually the best picture? No, that's not what happens. But there is so much judginess going on. <laughs> I mean, all the speeches and everything, you know, judging, 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 you know, America's terrible. We're all evil, horrible people. You know, how dare we? It's like, what? This country is the place where you are able to make a bunch of money, right? Think about actors. And I, again, I have nothing against actors, but folks, come on. They get paid millions and millions of dollars to play pretend basically being at recess perpetually, playing pretend and get paid phenomenal amounts of money for it. Then they get on television and lecture the country that is providing this unbelievable life for them. Folks, I I got something to judge you about. However, these are some of the crowd that absolutely would be saying things like don't judge and we shouldn't judge and all this stuff, but they judge all the time. This is my point. When it's a judgment we like, we're, we're behind it. When it's a judgment we don't like, we say don't judge. Okay, that's what happens. That's what happens. There's a whole lot of really judgy people out there. They get away with it because the judgment is positive. The judgment is positive. You know, you're beautiful just the way you are. That's a judgment. You are as ugly as... You know, I mean, that that's a judgment. Of course, one of them... We we are okay with, and the other one we're not, right? Um, the the classic. How do I look? How do I look in this, right? Well, there's two ways to go, bro. Right? One of them's gonna get you brownie points, and the other one is gonna get you that look. And when I say that look, you know the look I mean. <laughs> if you're married, if you've been long married longer than a, than a couple of years, um, right? We judge people all the time. Here's the deal. The Bible is not real big on us taking the place of God and judging people's eternal state. I don't want to judge anybody's eternal state. I don't want to be somebody's judge. I don't. I don't people at well, are you saying if you don't believe this, you're you're not you're going to hell? Look, there's a lot of people that I hope are in heaven that, according to the scriptures, it looks like they may not be. But if I get there and they're there, I'm not going to complain. I'll, I'll just be glad that I'm there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we you know I think sometimes we're too quick. To get you know self righteous and sanctimonious, we we believe this hard doctrine for thirty five years. You don't see it my way, you're gonna burn. I don't, you know. I I just hope as many people as possible can can be in relationship with Jesus, that He will be merciful and gracious, and that people will make it. Uh, however, the Bible does tell us to judge certain things. And I like to say it this way: We're not called to be judges, but we are called to be fruit inspectors. Because when you go to Matthew 7, right, we read 1 through 5, if you get down to verse 15, okay, right in the same chapter, you can tell he's not saying don't ever actually look at people and judge them. Here's why. He says, watch out, Matthew 7, 15, watch out for false prophets. Well, in order to identify a false prophet, you have to make a judgment. 
you have to say, that prophecy was false. How do you know? Well, here's what the Scripture says, or they, they, they said this was going to happen, and it did not happen. You're making judgments. And then you're going to look at somebody and say, that's a false prophet. You have made a judgment. Therefore, I know absolutely that Matthew, right, is not writing down the words of Jesus and telling us, yeah, Jesus was all about not judging at all. He was absolutely about judging, right? What does he go on to say? They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ferocious wolves. Well, you just made a judgment. You just said that person inside is a ferocious wolf. You mean old evil judge person, you. you that's a judgment. They're not literally a wolf, even though that's a judgment too, right? I mean, you see an animal walking across the street, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Look at that horse right there. Well, by the knowledge that you have and you, you know, your, your accumulated knowledge through the years, you recognize that as a horse, you've made a judgment right? Verse 16 says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit? What does he mean by that? Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear good fruit. A bad tree cannot bear bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. What's he saying, right? There are things that you can look at in people's lives, and you can judge, you can judge, you can judge based on that fruit, okay? I mean, let's, let's understand that is absolutely, you know, somebody's constantly negative, 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 everything's bad, 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 right? And you're, you're, you say, they're a negative person. Oh my goodness, you, that, it's true, they're a negative person person. Okay. Somebody's really jovial and happy all the time. They're you know, just like, man, that person's so positive. They, you know, I, I just, you know, they're great to be around. They're such a, you know, that you're judging. And so God absolutely tells us that we are supposed to judge some things. Now, John seven twenty four says, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. This is Jesus. And he says, make a right judgment. He is telling us to judge. He specifically says, make a judgment, just make sure it's a right judgment. Now, when we are judging things of life, when we are judging things as, I'll say, as a, as a Christian, the measuring stick, right, the, the, the measurement should go by how God sees things, the principles in the kingdom of God. The, the scriptures, what does scripture have to say about this? How does this correlate with something in the scriptures? The Bible clearly tells us, right, that we are to judge. Now think about this for a minute, right? I've already kind of hit on this, but without judging, quote-unquote judging, you wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to help, help a sinner. We wouldn't be able to teach someone a, a principle from the Word of God. We wouldn't be able to take someone from a bad situation to better to best, Right? Right, because all of these things require judgments along the way. They they require judgment. Look, you you're doing good, but you could do better. That requires some kind of judgment. Look, you're in a bad state right now because of this decision and that decision. But if you if you start turning things around, we can help you through the love of Jesus. That all requires judgment. The fact that Jesus loves you requires a judgment. You are reading the scriptures and you've judged them to be true, and the scriptures say Jesus loves people, and so therefore you judge 
that he loves them. I mean, this is, you can't do it, and you can't do any of this stuff without judging. And so we have to realize we don't want to walk around with a judgmental, looking down our nose, you know, damning people to hell, or really, right, saving people to heaven by our judgments. You don't have the final say, and I don't have the final say. Somebody passes on, it's not on you to put them in hell or on me to put them in heaven. That's on God. We just need to be okay with him being the judge. And frankly, I am totally fine with him being the judge. God is the judge. Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go into um, let's go into the epistles for a minute and, and look at some of the handling of the of the church. Just a side note, again, the epistles couldn't even be written if the principle of just don't judge, period, was a thing, right? Because here you have men like John or Paul, Peter, they're, I mean, they're writing a church, they've made some judgments about the behavior, the activity, the things going on in that church, and then they, and they're judging what the answer is, and how they need to behave, and what they need to do. None of that would be possible if judge not meant do not judge at all in any capacity. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, starting with verse 1, If any of you has a dispute with another, dare he take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? Therefore, if you have disputes about such matters, appoint as judges even men of little account in the church. Right? I mean, what? He, I mean, he's just just laying into them, blasting them. I say this to shame you. Is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? But instead, one brother goes to law against another, and this in front of unbelievers. So, He's telling them, he is telling them, you you need to be able to judge. Like, we're going to judge the world, we're going to judge angels. We, we, we need to be able to rightly judge. Now, again, how, how is that even possible? If we're supposed to not judge at all, right? That's, that, that's not what he's saying. In fact, I mean, rewind just one chapter... He, you got this guy kind of, you know, living in sin. He talks about how the church is puffed up, not doing anything about it. And Paul says, I've rendered judgment. I'm not even present, and I am rendering judgment. This is, here. here's the judgment. Boot this person out. Whoa, that's pretty serious. Um, I mean, he goes on to say, this is verse 9, chapter 5, uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 9, I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I mean, and then he goes on for the, with other things. You, you, I, I'm. How, how do we even how do we even talk about these things if don't judge is really what the Bible teaches? I mean, in, in Thessalonians, he talks about you know people that are causing discord and sowing. Uh, you know, sowing contention and all these things, like don't, you know, they call themselves brothers, don't associate with them. I mean, there's all these places 
that clearly show us judgment is part of the life of a Christian within the church. And when things are going on outside of the church, yes, we, we uh, again, there's nowhere in Scripture that says, run around judging all your co-workers and telling them all their problems and issues. But when things are presented to us, yes, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, well, here's what the Scriptures say, which is a very good reaction because, I mean, if you are just giving your opinion, then just say, hey, this is my opinion. If you're rendering a judgment based on the what you understand of Scripture, then say, you know, hey, this is what Scripture says is how I understand it. Do you understand it differently? Let's study it. But ultimately, this is where our society falls apart. This is where our society really has some major issues. Now, I'm going to go into one example of this right now, but there are plenty of examples just like this all over uh, the news. Just go, just go watch pretty much any news, anywhere, and you're going to come across things in our society where people use don't judge, they use love as a, as a shield or a club and try to get people not to, you know, to speak the truth. Now, you've got this, um, you've got this situation, right? There's, there's this father, a uh, seven-year-old boy in, in, in Texas, right? Mother wanted to transition him right, to a girl. Are you kidding me? Some mother somewhere wants to take a seven-year-old little boy, and, I mean, my understanding is, I mean, shoot this kid full of chemicals and, and stuff to make this boy a girl. Uh, are, you, are you kidding me? A, a quote here from this article, uh, the father Jeff Younger uh, says, I want you to imagine having electronic communication with your son on FaceTime, and imagine your ex-wife has dressed him as a drag queen to talk to you. He has false eyelashes and makeup. His hair's got a glitter in it, and he's wearing a dress. Now imagine how you would feel seeing what I believe is actual sexual abuse. I believe this is not just emotional abuse, but is the very most fundamental form of sexual abuse, tampering with the sexual identity of a vulnerable boy every single day. You have to see your son sexually abused, and you have to maintain your calm because the courts are not going to be fair to you, and the only way you can survive this and get your son through this alive is to calmly allow your son to be tortured right before your eyes and outlast the opposition. That's what it's like. Can you believe can you believe the sick perverted nonsense going on in our world? I the, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But don't judge. Don't judge. We shouldn't judge. How dare you? You're unloving. You are you you evil bigot. I want to take my little kid, right, who, who is not even old enough to get behind the wheel of a car. This child is not old enough to have to pay full price at some theme parks. <laughs> I mean, and we're going to transition this little boy 
and make them a girl. What? What kind of nonsense is that? But, oh, don't judge. You, you mean evil, vile person. Well, see, the scriptures say, Jesus said, that in, in the beginning, right, male and female, he created them. I, I, that, that, those are the words of Jesus. I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how, how, how we can twist that, but, but people do. People do. This is Matthew 19, 4, in case you're not, you don't think I'm in the Word. Um, uh, Mark, Mark chapter 10 and verse 6 as well uh, is where Mark has the reading. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. You're, you're one or the other. And when you're born, well, it's pretty obvious to know which one you are. It, but, the, oh, that's judgment. That's how you're, ju- you're judging! And, and again, my, my prayers go out to this father... Um, God bless him, and may he continue to to win victories in court and see this through to protect his son. He is absolutely true. This is abuse. Um, and again, maybe the mom is just, I don't know this person, you know? Maybe they're under pressure from, from things. I have no idea, right? I have no clue. All I know is when you read the scriptures, it's very clear God made men and women. He made two genders. But saying that is somehow mean. I don't understand how that's even possible. What? How does that mean? You're just, okay, baby's born, and look, it's a boy. Look, it's a girl. Not, look, it's undecided. And somehow that's mean? It's not judgmental or mean to say, well, biology says this is a boy, and they're, you know, five years old, three years old, seven years old, um, and I'm going to force them into being a girl by pumping them full of chemicals. Oh no, that's that's love. That's loving. That's not mean at all. It's mean to call a, a boy a boy and a girl a girl. And this gets this gets on to the next thing I wanted to say here. And um, I think I'll be wrapping this up in the next eight ten minutes or so. But um, people will always go, "Well, what the exception? What if you know? What if there's a, a genetic abnormality? What if there?" There, there will always be exceptions to the rule. There are always exceptions, right? But they are exceptions. They're not supposed to destroy the rule. What? What? I mean, I, let, let's follow a little analogy here, right? Let's say you're a parent, and your general rule is kids don't eat cake and ice cream for breakfast. Okay? That seems reasonable. Your kids don't just get to wake up in the morning and eat cake and ice cream every morning, right? But suppose you, you Saturday's rolling around, you got a you got a special family day planned. You were gonna get up early and do like a nice you know breakfast, pancakes, eggs, bacon, stuff like that. You had a a birthday party the night before. There's some cake. There's some ice cream left over, right? Well, unfortunately, you, you know you roll out of bed a little later than you expected. You don't really have time to do the breakfast. You got to get to your, your, you know, the the day you had planned something special with the family, right? Maybe you, you know, got to get get to a theme park on time or something. I don't know, uh, out to the river. Um, so you get up late, and the kids, you know, they're just like, "Oh, come on, we want cake and ice cream. We want, we want cake and ice cream. We want cake and ice cream." And so, okay, fine, we're gonna let you guys have cake and ice cream this morning. Hey, it's family day. It's a special day. You know, circumstances, you know, aren't ideal. And so we're going to kick this bad boy off, right? We're going to have cake and ice cream for breakfast. 
And the kids, of course, are super happy. They're kids. They don't know what's good for them. Okay? <laughs> of course. Are we going to go by the kids rule the day now? Of Well, some people. <clears throat> Just not going to get on that right now. It'll take longer than seven or eight minutes. However, by two o'clock, I promise you're going to be kicking yourself when those kids are crashing off that sugar high. <laughs> um, I'm, of course, not speaking from experience. This is completely hypothetical. Uh, but, right, yeah, it's a, it's a fun day. It's a happy day. All right. Then the next morning, the kids get up and they demand cake and ice cream again. Are, are we now going to say, well, we had an exception yesterday, but, well, no, we had an exception yesterday, so now it's cake and ice cream every morning for breakfast. What kind of silly nonsense would that be? If you're a parent and that is how you operate, I pray for your children. I pray for you. <laughs> Get a book on parenting. Um, no. There's an exception. There's a rule. We get back to the rule. But why is this an odd thing um, when we get into conversations about things like transgenderism and things of that nature? There's exceptions. There's le There are legitimate exceptions. Potentially, right? So oh, this person's a hermaphrodite. Okay. You know what per You know what small percentage of people that fall into that, that bucket? But special. But, but speaking love is saying, no, my child, I will not let your teeth rot in your face by having cake and ice cream every morning. Uh, we don't always get our way. I'm going to judge this situation, <laughs> right? That's loving. A loving parent has to say no many times to their child for the good of the child. And in society, this happens all the time. No. No, that's wrong. That's incorrect. Here's what the scriptures say. And we love you. This gets to Proverbs 16, 13, which is where I was going to end this. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value a man who speaks the truth. Why? I don't want a bunch of baloney up in here. I want you to tell me the truth. We need to win this battle. We got to win this war. We got to do right by the kingdom. We got, I mean, <laughs> I can't have people up here with platitudes and pleasantries. I need to hear the truth. What's the truth? They value a man who speaks the truth. You know what? The king of kings is the same way. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ, right? We are not supposed to bite and devour and hate and be mean to one another. I am completely against people walking around with a sanctimonious, self-righteous, religious attitude. But at the same time, love does not mean we're just completely permissive. Love does not mean we just, uh, well, we just allow everything. We just do everything. It's, it's all okay because I love you. No, Sometimes love requires making the hard decision. Sometimes love requires telling someone no when they want to hear yes, or saying yes when they wanted to hear no. And that's what real love actually is. Ephesians 4.15, bringing it into balance. Last week we talked in great detail about the need for love, real love, and how at many churches it just escapes us. But in this section here, we need to understand that love does require us to 
speak the truth in love. And in speaking the truth, judgment is a part of speaking the truth. Judgment is going to take part in speaking the truth. So if we truly love, then we will speak the truth. We will call out error. We will speak the truth in love, and that is the balanced way to approach the scriptures. I love you guys. Don't forget to follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all over the place. Can't wait till our new website is up and running. Hope you guys enjoyed this this particular podcast episode, and we will catch you on the next one. God bless you in Jesus' name.